the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. The whole purpose is to make certain that, in this case, as an attorney, there is a clear understanding of why they want to be an attorney, what their skill set is, how their skills and their purpose match up, and what the relevance of that is. And then it's a question of finding the right audience to bring that relevant message to. And that's when you get into brand messaging. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. Jimmy, our guest this week is, one, pretty awesome, but two, is actually in Dubai right now. So I'm actually pretty excited about that, Jimmy. Yeah, our guest today is Bill Ellis, and you and I both met him sort of independently. He's, among other things, a certified go-giver coach. And, you know, we had Bob Berg on the show a couple weeks ago, and it's great to have Bill on. Bill's a coach and an international speaker, and his mission is to add value to the world one brand at a time. He guides individuals and companies alike in building fearless brands. And this is the process of discovering, embracing, and delivering their greatest value, which allows them to realize greater profit. His seven C's of branding are the foundation of his work, and that's why we wanted to have him on today. He worked at Anheuser-Busch for a real long time, and now he's a branding expert. So, Bill, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey, guys. It's a real pleasure, and it's an honor. And, yeah, it was it was fun to hear you mention Bob Berg, a, a friend and a mentor. And I listened to that broadcast, uh, I guess it was about a month ago, and it was just terrific. So, Bill, tell us a little bit about just what you do with branding. Sure. The purpose I have in my business is very simply to work with companies and individuals, primarily professionals, to help them discover greater value both for themselves and value that they deliver in life and in business. And that sounds to some people maybe like a little gobbledygook, but it's not. It's really getting a handle on the combination of one's passion and purpose and finding out the relevance of those two, where it's relevant, who it serves, and how well they can serve them. Perhaps the best way I can sum up what my work does is to refer back to that podcast that Bob was on, Bob Berg, because the book that he and John David Mann wrote, The Go-Giver, resonates with me and my work and my beliefs so closely and so incredibly well. 
it sums up exactly what I do. It's all about delivering more value. And the more value you deliver, the greater returns you'll receive. And I put that in the context of receiving value and return in the sense of business and profits, but also, and to me, much more importantly, in the context of personal gratification and personal satisfaction. So that's where my work in branding goes. Bill, walk us through your your journey as an entrepreneur and as a coach. How did you come through Anheuser-Busch and sort of what's your story? Well, as you said, I worked for Anheuser-Busch for a very long time. I started with Anheuser-Busch in New Orleans, which is my home. It was a company-owned distributorship. And from there in the sales arena, I had the opportunity to interview and get hired into St. Louis into the marketing group and was in brand management for an exceptionally long period of time, perhaps too long. It, it's really a game for younger folks, and I was kind of getting uh, my first bit of gray hair. Anyway, I, I moved also to the brand merchandise materials the group, the um, ad merchandising. A lot of people call it trinkets and trash, branded merchandise. And eventually, it came to the point that and as Bush and I saw that it was a, uh, the right time for us to go in our different directions. So that's what I did. That's been about 14 years ago. And what I realized, Jim and Tyson, is that I hadn't gotten to the point that I now try to get people and companies to, and that is finding out what I really was meant to do and what really gratifies me so that the more I'm gratified, the more I know I'm bringing value to others. So that's what my journey has been, Jim. You, you called it a journey, and that's exactly what it was. I left Anheuser-Busch knowing that I no longer wanted to work for a large company. I'm very grateful for the time I had there. I worked with some amazingly talented and intelligent people. I learned a great deal from them. I had some wonderful experiences. But that type of life wasn't me any longer. So I started on a path of self-discovery. And that's what I now refer refer to in my business and rely on in my business as the best way I can help others. So I started attempting to be a consultant in the same context and the same mindset that you have working for a corporation. And I was attempting to bring that to small and mid-sized enterprises. It didn't work. The ideas were good. The concepts were very sound but I didn't know how to translate them from corporate speak to more realistic, everyday, smaller business mentality. So it took me a long time to do that. And as I did that, I was going through self-discovery. And that's what I've done for the past 14 years is, is just come through learning more about what my true purpose is, what my passion is, and, and how I can bring that to bear. You mentioned early on the seven C's of branding, which are something that came out of my journey and very simply, it's seven stages, seven touch points of building a brand and continuing to evolve a brand. Honestly, I don't think it's it's necessarily beneficial to get into it on, on the podcast, but I'm happy to if you'd like, just because it takes some time. It starts with control, actually, knowing what we can control and what we can't, and then moves to clarity. And with clarity, we get conviction, and, and that's when we start to know exactly what our purpose is. From there, it goes to conversion. How do we take the intangible and make it tangible, something that's deliverable? And then we get into communication and connections. And lastly, it's a matter of consistency, bringing all of that to bear at the same time. 
So that's a real brief overview of the type of thinking that goes into my branding philosophy. Bill, so at what stage did you pick up the go-giver principles and, and how has it really affected your life? Wow, the go-giver has affected my life in ways that few people would imagine. I first met Bob Berg in St. Louis when he gave a talk, a morning talk, on actually his first book, which was entitled Endless Referrals. And I instantly realized that what he was talking about, how to build business and assure yourself endless referrals, was the process that I needed to learn and that was a key element that I was missing and trying to have a successful business. So I, I got into a study group on endless referrals, and part of that was I was given a copy of the book to go give her, and then I was given tickets to a conference that Bob used to hold every year in Florida. So I read the book and immediately realized that it resonated with me. I went to the conference, met Bob, met the co-author, John, John David Mann, and the principles of providing value in a very genuine way and being open to receiving what the universe gives us in return matched exactly my feelings. So the benefits I've gotten from Matt Tyson are friendships and mentorship with both Bob Berg and John David Mann. I've been able to take that philosophy and their amazing way of telling their story and, and, the, and the principles of stratospheric success and incorporate that into my business and in turn share that thinking and that way of not just business, but frankly, that way of living with my clients and people that I engage with. But perhaps the single biggest impact and the reason I'm in Dubai is I mentioned Bob used to have a, a business conference every year. And at one point, he finally, five years ago, five and a half years ago, he finally used the go-giver name in the title of the conference. I was going down because I was already a certified go-giver coach. And there's a woman who lived in Dubai who went because she was a huge fan of the go-giver. She had read the book when it first came out and used it as the benchmark for a business she was just starting here in Dubai. She had become very close friends with Bob via social media, in particular Twitter. And when she heard about the conference, she thought this would be the perfect time to go meet Bob and, and learn more about the, the concept of the book. So we both ended up at this conference with GoGiver. We met. There was a spark. From there, a relationship ensued. And she and I were married just under two years ago. So from from being a go-giver certified coach to finding the absolute most amazing, perfect woman for me in my life. It was quite a journey, quite a gift. That's awesome, Bill. All right. So, you know, most of our listeners are lawyers. Most of our listeners are newer lawyers, I would say, who've been out on their own. You know, it ranges, but generally our our biggest group, I would say, have been out, you know, three, four, five years on their own. They're trying to build a practice, build a brand. And Many of them are in very competitive fields, a lot to personal injury, a lot to family law. And so if you were to sit down with one of our listeners, a newer lawyer, describe the process of what you would do with them and, and explain what it's like to work with Bill Ellis. Well, the first thing I would do is start asking questions, Jim. I would start asking what drove them to a profession of being an attorney, what drove them to the specific field of law that they've chosen to pursue, 
I try to assess whether they are 100% comfortable in what they're doing and how they're doing it, whether they are with a large law firm, uh, with a corporate feel, whether they're in a small practice, whether they're wanting to start their own, just trying to assess what, you know, what I mentioned earlier the, the, in the seven C's, you know, the control, what can you control, what can you not control as an attorney, but then let's get into clarity. And I would work with and discuss with the individual and ask them, you know, what does she want to be doing? What does he see himself in two years, three years, four years, and go through a whole process of clarity and clarification and finding that out. The whole purpose is to make certain that, in this case, as an attorney, there is a clear understanding of why they want to be an attorney, what their skill set is, how their skills and their purpose match up, and what the relevance of that is. And then it's a question of finding the right audience to bring that relevant message to. And that's when you get into brand messaging. So let me give you an example. The two of you are both successful attorneys, and you're both in different fields. Jim, you we met because of your chosen field of law and immigration law, because obviously I, I have some things in that area that we had to discuss, and we did. So right. your first point of differentiation is that you are an immigration attorney. So that makes it very unique for you just right off the top. From there, your approach, when Jim Hacking comes to the table, you bring a personality, you bring a passion, you bring an insight, you are so keen on educating your newsletter. I just got one this morning, as a matter of fact. You're very thorough and passionate social media communication. You're very open, you're very passionate, you're very helpful, and you're very keen on explaining this is the law, this is how it should work, this is how sometimes it doesn't work, and you set yourself up as exactly what you are, a passionate expert in immigration law. Now, Tyson, on the other hand, is in a small firm. If I'm not mistaken, it's just you and, and one partner attorney, right, Tyson? And you do personal injury law, but what starts to set you apart, and personal injury lawyers, there's plenty of them. And what sets you apart, as I see it, is you and your partner's commitment to caring about people. Your first cut when it comes to why am I doing this is I can help people that need help. It's not let's go find the biggest potential lawsuit that we can because we're going to make a ton of money. It's how do we help people that need help? How do we take the person, whether they're a very poor and downtrodden person that's been taken advantage of or whether it's a huge company that that is had issues. You don't care about that as much as how can we help? That's a clear point of difference that you guys bring to the table. And it's significantly different in my experience from personal injury lawyers' advertisements that I see on a consistent basis. So I was going to say, this is a fantastic assessment. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wish you wouldn't have said such great things about Jimmy. <laughs> Well, you know, I've gotten to the point in my life that if there's good things to say, I say them. So, yeah, it, it's easy to say good things about good people, and I really try to do that. And, and I've also learned to not say as many bad things about the people that aren't quite as good and just kind of let that go its own <laughs> path. But, huh. yeah, so, so again, just to try to, to, to finish off that question, because it's a great question. 
a new attorney has to determine what sets them apart. How do they set themselves apart? How do they communicate? What is the relevance that they bring? Who are they most relevant to? And how do they best communicate that? And then the other thing to understand very quickly is that your brand is ever-changing. It's ever-evolving. I hear the phrase a lot, we're going to rebrand. And I understand the thinking there, but your brand isn't your logo. Your brand isn't the name of your law firm. The brand is the value that you bring. It's the essence. It's what makes Jim Hacking the, the successful immigration attorney that he is. It's what makes Tyson Mutrix the successful personal injury attorney it is. Then you understand that and you go out and message it effectively. And that's going to change over time. That's going to evolve. So it's not necessarily rebranding. It's a matter of evolving. So, Bill, I guess how would you recommend that some of our younger attorneys get started with that? I know you sort of talked about that, but with the younger attorneys, the ones that are just starting out or just starting the firm, how would they get started? Let's say they can't even afford you. Let's say they can't afford a branding expert. Where where do they start? Well, first of all, I'm not as (laughs) out of the pricing range as, as you might think, but regardless of that, it's a matter of sitting down and truly asking tough questions of oneself. And, and that is, what am I doing? Am I truly following? Am I passionate about what I do? And it's the Simon Sinek golden circle of why. What is my why? What makes me tick? Building a brand and being successful is a matter of three things. It's finding a passion. It's finding how that passion connects to a purpose, your purpose. And then it's a wrapped up in a tremendous amount of persistence because nothing comes overnight. So to find that out, it's a matter of asking yourself tough questions. And if you can't find a branding authority, find a trusted advisor, find a mentor, find an attorney who's been successful. There are countless people and, and countless attorneys. I know all the jokes about attorneys, and you know that's sometimes fine. But I know a tremendous number of attorneys who are so willing to help a young attorney to, to say, ask me the questions that you need to ask. So find someone who can be a mentor within the legal field. Find someone who can be a mentor that's just been successful in business in general and ask them, say, how have you become successful? How have you differentiated yourself? How have you become known as a nationally recognized, successful immigration attorney, Jim Hacking? Ask questions. People want to help. We're talking today with Bill Ellis. You can find Bill at brandingforresults.com. And Bill, I love your blog and your weekly newsletter. Tyson, I don't know if you're on Bill's list, but each week he profiles sort of someone who's really done a good job of branding, and he goes really in-depth. Some of these stories I've read about people that I already thought that I knew, but you really find some good nuggets to explain people's success. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of your newsletter and sort of how you go about working on it each week? Absolutely. I started writing this blog over three years ago, three and a half years ago, and I published my first blog and it was titled Friday's Fearless Brand. And I posted it inside of a private Facebook group for other go-giver coaches. And one of those coaches, my friend Doug Wagner in Calgary, Canada, eh, sent a note and said, well, since it's Friday's Fearless Brand, I guess we'll see the next one next Friday. And I thought, oh boy, I made a mistake. I took him at his word, and and I started doing it 
uh, once a week. And my thought is this, very simply, is to profile a person, a place, or a thing. I've done men. I've done women. I've done business products, services. I've done the country of the United Arab, Arab Emirates. I've done fictitious characters. I've done Elmo from Sesame Street and Doc McStuffin, partly because of my granddaughter's influence. But the point is, I want people to understand truly what a brand is and the essence of a brand. And the best way I've found to do that is through telling a story. So when I find someone that I or something that I determine to be a fearless brand, I get real excited about understanding what did they do, what in their life got them to the point of accomplishing what they've accomplished. And like you said, Jim, a lot of these people, a lot of these companies, I thought I knew. And so what I do every week is determine who my subject is going to be or what my subject is going to be. And I start doing research and, and it can take me hours and hours to go through finding that nugget and trying to find that little pearl that really helped set these. And I'm going to keep talking about individuals, people, because it's easier that set these people apart. So by example, one one Friday's fearless brand is Sarah Blakely. Sarah Blakely created Spanx. Sarah Blakely is now a very successful business person and very wealthy. Part of the key to her success was this. When she was growing up, she and her brother would come home every night and have dinner with their mother and their father. And every night at the supper table, their father would ask them this question, where did you fail today? Now, that would at first make me pretty cringeworthy if my dad had asked me that. But the purpose was we all fail and failure is going to happen. So where do you fail? And importantly, what can you learn from that? So that type of thought process helped make Sarah Blakely the person that she was. She tried a lot of different things and failed. So what she said is, well, what can I learn from this? And she ended up with Spanx and, and the success that she's had. So those are the kinds of pearls I try to uncover. Then, very simply, I say, okay, chances are that we're not going to start an internationally successful company. What can we learn from the Sarah Blakely story? Here are some things that she did, then here's how they translate into our lives as more, I'll say, normal-type people, more day-to-day -day people without that type of global success. And that's that's the essence of what I write every week. And then... So I send that blog out in my newsletter every week. In the newsletter, I, I try to have a short message about branding, about adding value to yourself, to, to those around you, and finding just greater satisfaction in the world. Bill, Sarah Blakely is a great story. She, I listened to a podcast episode um, on how how they did that, or I can't remember the name of the podcast. It's an NPR podcast, but it's how we build this or whatever it is. I think Jimmy knows the name of it, but it's an incredible story. She's a billionaire now, so that's a, and she's just a great person, it seems. But the question I have is, I'm sure you come to interact with people all the time where they're trying to do branding and they're coming to you and they've made a bunch of mistakes. Kind of like we're, where did you fail today kind of thing. You know, they fail all the time on certain things. We all do. We fail. But where, when it comes to branding, do you see most attorneys failing? Oh, that's a terrific question. I think that most attorneys fail in branding simply by making the assumption that by being an attorney, just by putting the shingle out, as they say, 
that is by itself going to be enough impetus for people to come to them and do business with them. What, in particular in the field of law, and I mentioned earlier some of the jokes, and you guys have heard probably a whole lot more than I have, but there is somewhat of a stigma that attorneys have to face. So in general, one of the things I first learned in that endless referrals talk that Bob Berg gave several years ago is this. All things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to people that they know, like, and trust. That's especially true in the legal field because there's kind of an undercurrent of distrust to begin with. So most people, most new attorneys, and and frankly, some attorneys that have been around for a long time, haven't taken the time to really understand themselves and say, how can I be relatable to those people that would be wanting to avail themselves to my services? And why would they pick me versus the next person on the list in, in my field of law? And the thing that I have found, and, and this is part of my personal experience, is you can't expect people to know, like, and trust you if you don't know, like, and trust yourself. And that's why it becomes so important in my experience, what I've learned and what I went through on my own and what I share with others, to understand getting to know, like, and trust myself. What am I doing? Am I being honest with myself? Am I being true to myself? Am I truly finding and following my passion and a purpose? Or or am I just going along with what's in front of me? And I did that for a lot of years. And that can be pretty harmful. So to bring it back to attorneys, I, I think understanding that most of business is going to be successful on a personal relationship basis. And what a successful brand does, a personal brand or a commercial brand, is it builds an emotional connection. And what attorneys have to do, and and all of us, frankly, is create that emotional connection that people are going to want to do business with us. We all make decisions to some degree or another with an emotional component. We will need to do everything we can to make that emotional connection positive and rewarding. And that's more true, I I think, with attorneys than probably most other professions. Bill, talk to us a little bit as an aside about sort of your working out of Dubai a lot of the time and sort of the, the globetrotter that you are and sort of how lawyers might think about, you know, working a little bit more remotely and not being so tied down to a particular office space? Well, yeah, I've been doing a lot more travel in in the last five and a half years than I ever thought I would at this point in my life, and I'm grateful for it. And for me, what I've been able to learn is just more of what's in the world and and to expand my thinking and to expand my horizons. And that can happen. You don't have to travel internationally. You certainly don't have to travel to Dubai. If you're in Kalamazoo, Michigan, if you go to Gulfport, Mississippi for the first time, you have a chance to expand your awareness and understanding of people and society. That's one thing. As far as working remotely, with technology being what it is today, it's a matter of having, I think, the right, I'll call it infrastructure or resource. So sometimes, in particular in a field like law, having a virtual assistant or an office base that you can rely on to get a lot of the things done 
that need to be done, like filing. And by filing, I mean filing with courts, not just going to the file cabinet for hard copies. Um, So having the right infrastructure to support you, but understanding that with today's technology, you can work from virtually anywhere. So it's a matter of discipline. It's a matter of planning. And it's a matter of having the right support system in place so that when you are traveling, you can you can still get done what you need to get done. That's a great point about, about having the right systems in place. And we've talked about that a lot on the podcast. But, Bill, this has been fantastic. We are up against the time, so I want to make sure we're respectful of your time. So we're going to get to the tips and the hacks of the week. Before I do, I want to remind everyone to give us a five-star review. We're on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, I'm assuming you do since you listen to it. And we have a lot of regular listeners. Also, go to the Facebook group. Request to join there. Participate there. There's a lot of great interaction going on there. So without further ado, Jimmy, you want to give you your hack of the week? My hack of the week is a podcast that I started listening to. It's called Masters of Scale, and it's hosted by Reed Hoffman. Reed Hoffman is a billionaire who started LinkedIn, and he profiles business leaders. It's sort of like that one you mentioned earlier on this show, the How I Built This, but he has sort of a unique take on it. And one of the things I really like about the podcast itself is the fact that the high production value, you know, when you have $3.3 billion like Mr. Hoffman does, you can pour some money into your production. And it really has that sort of NPR feel with a lot of good editing and backup clips. And I really enjoy it. So I think I think the people that like our show would, would like that one too. Fantastic. It's really weird. I, I heard about that one whenever it was coming out and I just didn't listen to it because I, I just thought it would be salesy, but uh, I'll check it out. I, I just assumed because it was LinkedIn, they'd be trying to hawk us a bunch of stuff. But Bill, our, we already we asked our guests to give us a tip of the week. Do you got something for us? Yeah, I do. And, and I'm going to tie this back to both doing business as an attorney or, or just in general and also back to the gift of the relationship and the marriage that I have here in Dubai. When I first met my wife, Tara, we started to communicate a lot through social media and technology. And it got to the point of me saying, well, I've got granddaughters and I'm in St. Louis. You've got children and you're in Dubai and this and that and this and that. And here's what she told me. And this is what made our relationship come to fruition and it's advice that I give people all the time because it makes sense whether you're in a relationship or whether you're starting a new law practice and it's very simply this she said why are you creating roadblocks that don't yet exist we might come to those roadblocks and that's when we can address them in the meantime I invite you to go on this journey with me and see where it takes us and Boom, she had me. It was it was amazing. So to take that is if you're starting a new practice as a young attorney, don't start creating issues that don't exist. You're gonna have enough issues that do exist. Don't create issues. Take what comes and, and deal with it as you as you go and it'll work out fine. What a fantastic piece of advice. That that is a great one. My tip of the week. William Eady uh, talked about on the Facebook group something called SERP Book, S-E-R-P-B-O-O-K. It's serpbook.com. It allows you to track your keywords for your websites. And we've been using it for a few weeks now. We've been seeing – it's just incredible. It tells you where you were and kind of where you're headed if your keywords are going up or keywords going down. You put all the keywords, and there's different pricing plans for the number of keywords, but you're able to put them all in there. Uh, the ones that you want to track, 
and you can see, you know, if you're going down, you're going up, if you're staying the same, it really is incredible. And as, as William put in a Facebook message to me, he said, you know, why wouldn't someone want to track the, the just how well their website's doing? And so I highly encourage you to do it. It's, it's super easy to use. All you do is you plug in your website, you plug in the keywords, and it tracks it for you. It's super simple. There's also some um, Google local stuff you can do. And in addition to some YouTube stuff, but uh, it's really good. So mine is certbook.com. Bill, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been really great. So if people want to check you out, how do they get a hold of you? Email bill at brandingforresults.com, or they can feel free to give me a call at country code 1, U.S., area code 314-807-0923. So email or phone, either one works. Hey, Tyson, I wanted to add one more thing. I thought it'd be good for us to start ending our show with some of our iTunes reviews. We got a new one from Big Mike Albee down in Texas, personal injury, good friend of ours. He said, wow, this is a great podcast. I'm currently working my way through each episode. So much value to be had. Thanks, Jim and Tyson. So we love those reviews. Tyson mentioned it earlier. Hop on iTunes, leave us a review, and we'll give you a shout out on a future episode. That's a great idea, Jimmy. Uh, we appreciate you reading that. And uh, Bill, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. it was, you did a really good job. and We really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Bill. It was my pleasure, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, more content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Maximum Have a great week and catch you next time.